guys. Welcome to the James Gang Bible Study. Our speaker tonight is Mr. Raymond Evart. Raymond is a resident of Toler. His children go to Glen Rose and Toler School. He's a father of three and husband to a wonderful woman named Candace. Raymond is a man of God. He works with our youth ministry here. Very faithful, and the man can speak, and so you're going to be in for a treat as well. And if you need a bodyguard, I would want him on my team. <laughs> he works in the area of sales, serves something that serves the oil industry, the trucking industry. He has a word from God for us. So I'm going to pray, and Raymond, I'll turn it to you. Good. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to meet together as brothers. We pray, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts, that God, even as Raymond speaks, you give him things he hadn't even thought of. Lord, let him just see you in action while we're listening and being ministered to by him. Thank you, Lord, for this brother and for what he means to his family and what he means to this church family and everything he does around here, especially those things that no one seems to notice or even knows about. Thank you for our brother, Lord. Reward him with revelation tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Raymond Evart. How y'all tonight? Great. I'm get situated here. Um, I'm Raymond. So, uh, you know, it's it's funny sitting here where I'm at and being in this position, or even being asked to be put in this position. Uh, I was not raised Christian, so for me, uh, kind of coming up the way I did, and, and to be where I'm at now. I've been a member of Generations Church for about four and a half years now. And so uh, it's been very influential to me. Uh, made some great friends here, a lot of family. So um, that's a little bit more about me. Uh, tonight we are talking about uh, James uh, 5.12. Um, when Pastor Allen asked me to... You know, if I would want to to do this lesson, uh, it happened to be kind of coincidental uh, to me. Uh, I was actually having a bad night, and <laughs> I was not necessarily in the best mood when he asked me, and I told him um, probably not. <laughs> so um, after dealing with some things, uh, honesty being the issue, uh, the I woke up the next morning and and I thought, you know, I want to do this. This uh, it, it was sitting on my heart, uh, and I already had the lesson. It was already going, uh, and and so I, I, you know, got with Pastor uh, later got, that day. Got a download. And and I told him, uh, you know, I, I want to do this, and, and so uh, let's go forward with this. So uh, that's that's kind of way all this kind of worked out. And this all started because of somebody being dishonest with me. Um, and and so I said I thought that was kind of coincidental. Uh, now James 5.12 uh, in the English Standard Version reads, um, But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may fall not fall under condemnation. Uh, now, to be honest with you all, when I, when I first read this, um, I read the swear part, and I was thinking, you know, how does cussing have anything to do with this? <laughs> and, you know, I had to read it a few times, and, and I, I studied this a little bit more, and I read a little bit more, and then I realized 
because they didn't have anything to do with cussing. Yeah, and this was was actually you know swearing an oath or, or making a promise. And so, uh, reading that, I, I want to actually break this down in, in a few parts, and, and I want to dissect this a little bit more and, and make it a little bit more understandable. Uh, and so, for the first part, he talks about you know, uh, but above all, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. Now, this kind of takes in, you know, to affect a couple different deals here. What he's what he's getting at here is, you know, talking about uh, frivolous oaths and false oaths, and and you know, when we swear on certain things or we swear to somebody, this is where this falls into place. Uh, frivolous oaths are those that are are so common that they lose all significance or meaning, and this would include. Uh, taking an oath when it's not necessary or proper. Um, you know, for example, was you know I swear to God that was the biggest buck I've ever seen. You know, well, there's no reason to, to, to swear by God. You know, if it's if it's the truth, it's the truth. But you shouldn't have to swear. You know, that form of oath, and especially by God. Um, when we talk about false oaths, uh, that is one that the person. Uh, making it does not intend to keep, uh, but he makes it either to impress or deceive others. Um, quite a few times you'll hear people, you know, promise, you know, that they're going to go and do some charitable act, or they're going to make a uh, an effort, you know, to to do more in the community. You know, and it usually it's typically when when others are talking about doing the same thing. You know, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure. You know, that's that's what I'm going to do. Well, they have no, you know, no intent whatsoever to actually go and do that. You know, they're thinking about actually going fishing or, you know, riding their motorcycle or whatever else. But they're doing it for their own self-worth, you know, to make themselves look better in front of other people's eyes. And this is where, you know, when he talks about, you know, do not swear. And this is what he's saying, you know, do not do not make these empty, you know, promises or these empty oaths that's not going to amount to anything, uh, you know, you're being dishonest to yourself, and you're also being dishonest to others. Now, I'm going to get into the part where he talks about your yes being yes and your no being no. Um, when I started looking into to the honesty side of this, and I, and I'm, I went and defined honesty, uh, and, and it is uh, the quality of being honest. Okay, so I had to go a little bit more, you know, go a little bit further than this now, you know. Honest is defined as, and it's got a number of them, number one, uh, marked by or displaying integrity, upright, an honest lawyer, which that's almost an oxymoron. Uh, number two, not deceptive or fraudulent, a genuine, uh, honest weight. So, uh, number three, equitable or fair, honest wages for an honest day's work. Number four, Characterized by truth, not false. Uh, honest reporting also goes on uh, for sincere, frank, and honest critique. Number five is of good repute or respectable, uh, also without affectation or plain, an honest folk. And then uh, number six is uh, virtuous or, or chaste. You got to, you know, kind of looking into honesty and, and thinking about 
you know, what really, what kind of sets you aside? You know, as, a, as an honest person, you know, what are, are some of the factors, you know, that, that really, when you talk about somebody, you can go, hey, that, that's one honest person. And, you know, character is, is definitely something that, that always comes up, you know, um, the way you carry yourself. You know, integrity is huge. And so, um, you know, i got to think about honesty. And, you know, it's not prejudice. You know, it doesn't come down to, to a certain race or a certain creed or a certain religion, you know, or, or a certain sex or anything else. You know, honesty is honesty. Either you have it or you don't. You know, and it's something you can change, and it's something that you can work towards, you know, or something that you can throw away and just give up and, and choose not to have or choose to, to do. Um, you know, there's there's two types of people in life that I cannot stand, and that's a liar or a thief. Worst part is I have been one of those at one point in my life or another. Uh, and I think most can say that they've done the same thing. You know, we we lie for different things. We, we die for, we lie for different reasons. Uh, it's to protect ourselves. You know, it's to protect somebody else. Uh, it's uh, to keep us from losing, you know, worth. You know, you don't want to look any less in front of somebody else. Um, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, and I. Got kind of looking into some of of the the lies I've told in my life, you know. And when you start self-examining, it's uh, that's a hard road sometimes. You know, you got to look yourself in the mirror and and kind of come to terms with uh, with yourself. And, and one of the things that I remember back when I was in junior high was I went and stole some Mad Dog 2020. I honestly couldn't stand the taste of the stuff, anyways, but. For me, it was to fit into the in crowd. You know, I wanted to, to you know, be in there with these guys because they were cool, and and I wasn't. I was a little bitty runt, and I was the youngest in the class, and I really didn't fit in with anybody. And so I wanted to have that status, and went and put it in my my gym bag, and we went to leave David's uh, there in Glenrose, and the uh, manager met me at the door. And asked us if we had anything in our bags, and I was like, "No, sir." And I took off running. So it's almost, you know, it's admitting of guilt right there. Uh, but uh, he ended up grabbing my bag before I got uh, out of the parking lot, and I let go of the bag, and I just took off. Now this is my school bag, so it's oh. got this has got my school books in it with oh, my name in it. Name. And uh, you know, back then you actually had to sign your name into the books that is yours. So this was on a Friday night, and. Uh, Come Monday morning, I pretty much knew what was going to happen. Uh, I had never been in trouble up to that point, never in my life, you know. Uh, little stuff, you know, um, with my parents, whatever, but nothing that involved the law. And so Monday morning, you know, I get called to the principal's office. And it's going to be one of those lessons I get to learn. There's two police officers sitting there as well, along with my gym bag, and a couple bottles of Mad Dog 2020 that I had stole. Uh, one of them being like, a grape and the other one some red fruity looking stuff. Um, but they asked me, you know, is this yours? Nope. 
And I, and I lie because I know I'm in trouble. This is this is not <laughs> this is not good. And they say, well, you know, this is your gym bag, right? Yes, sir. This is your school bugs. Yes, sir. This is not your mad dog. No, sir. You know, and I stick with my lie because I know if I ever give it up, they're going to bust me on this. And so finally, they come straight out. And I said, well, you know, Mr. Everett, um, you can be honest with us and, and we'll go lighter on you. Or you can, you know, keep with your lie and then we're going to involve your parents and, you know, We'll have to pursue that route. So I confess my sins. I lied. It's mine. I stole it. And, you know, they were really nice to me. They actually uh, just told me not to do it again, that this would be my first warning, and that if I was involved in anything else later on in life, then I'd, I'd feel the, the recourse of, of my actions then. Uh, and I think a lot of people do the same kind of thing as I did, you know, you're given a situation to come clean, to bury your soul, uh, to be honest, and and we take what we think to be the easier, you know, course of action, which is to lie through our teeth, uh, and no matter you know what happens from that point, um, you know, as I said, I, I've been kind of analyzing the, the whole honesty part of this, and when we lie, I think we lose part of ourselves. I think we lose part of our soul. You know, we actually uh, dishonor ourselves. You know, we, you know, lie, and it goes ever goes against everything that's, that's part of us. And, and, you know, in our green, you know, we're not designed that way. You know, we're, we're supposed to follow within Jesus' footsteps, you know, and, and be honest. Um, and, you know, but we do it, and there's there's a lot of uh, repercussions that come from that, not only to ourselves but to our families, uh, to friends. You know, when you lie, you you, you take a chance of losing a lot of things. Um, honesty is, is actually a double-edged sword, though. You know, when you when you start being honest with people, uh, that requires you to actually say something that they may not want to hear. You know. So what do you think of this? Does this dress make me look fat? You know, those that are married already know where this is going. You know, no ma'am it doesn't. You look great, dear. And you can follow that course of action, and it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to help you later on because then somebody else is going to say, hey, that dress makes you look fat. And then she's mad at you because you lied to her. Well, I need you not tell me that. It, well, babe, I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to tell you this. <clears throat> you know, so... But if you follow this course, you know, you've really got to, you've got to man up. You've got to be prepared for for what's going to come from this. You know, people are going to ask you something. You may not like telling them the truth. You know, hey, um, so what, what do you really think of me as a person? That's rough. You know, well, you know, I... Do you really want me to answer that question? You know, um, honesty is said is is a hard road sometimes, and one that it really takes a lot of a lot of guts and integrity, um, a 
lot of testicular fortitude to, to actually walk you know, that road. Now you put yourself out there before everybody and, and you answer honestly, and you're actually going to probably draw more negative responses from that other than positive. People don't want to hear the truth sometimes. It is hurtful. So, um, when going through this, um, to me, I think one of the biggest lies that was ever told was uh, in Genesis 3, you know, where the devil tells Eve, you know, that, you know, if you eat from that tree of knowledge, I'm going to kill you. You know, you're not going to die. It's going to make you equal to God. You're going to actually be able to see the difference between right, you know, and wrong, you know, you're good and evil. And I'm thinking, at that point, you know, if Eve would have said no, you know, we would not be where we're at right now. You know, but she gave in to temptation, you know. She, she went along with this. And we pay the consequences for this. And this is the repercussions. Now, from that lie, you know, they eat of the fruit, and then, you know, God comes to her, and they go and hide from him. And he's like, hey, what are y'all doing? Where yet? Oh, we're hiding from you because we're nude. You know, we're naked now. Well, how do you know about being naked? You know, and it's automatically a sign of guilt. And and, and so one lie compounds <clears throat> to a few more lies. And, and that's kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, you know... When you're dishonest, it sometimes seems easier just to keep, you know, let's just keep lying, keep lying. Uh, if you've had kids, you, you definitely know that line. Uh, you're going to get every lie that you possibly can. Uh, even if you see them do it, they're still going to lie to you and tell you, it was not me, I didn't do that thing. Uh, so... Um, going, you know, I said, I, I analyzed myself and, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm 36, I think. Um, you know, there's a lot of things in my past that I didn't do. You know, a lot of things that I wish I had done, a lot of things I wish I would have carried myself better as. Um, one of the lies that haunts me is I actually told a young lady that I loved her just so I can have sex with her. And I still feel like crap to this day. You know, it's a it's a miserable lie. At that time, you know, I wasn't uh, the person that really cared. You know, uh, I didn't have a relationship over three months. So for me, it was get them while they're hot and and go. Um, as a father now to a daughter. It's even worse so because I've got to protect her from people like me. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's just one of those things in life where at that point you don't know where you're at or, or where you're going. Uh, at that point in my life, I never thought that I would be in a church for one. You know, I always figured my feet would catch fire. Uh, I never thought that, that I would ever be baptized. I never thought that I would 
be involved in the youth and, and putting back into them and trying to teach, you know, kids not to take the actions that I did. Um, yeah, I, I definitely did not see myself in this position teaching other men, you know, about honesty. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, said it's a different deal sometimes um, when you. When you're actually honest with people, though, you put, you know, yourself forward, and it's easier for people to forgive. You know, they see you for who you are, and you're sincere in that, and you're sincere, you know, in, in telling the truth. Um, you know, you have a better chance of people overlooking your faults, uh, or, or you know, your issues, or you know, whatever may be going on with you at that time. So. I've got off track completely, so that wasn't even in my. That's good. So, <clears throat> okay, the uh, going back to the part about do not swear. Um, you know, when people read read the Bible, you know, they take things literally. You know? They don't read them in context. They actually read it. Says that okay. Says do not swear. So I cannot swear in any form or fashion. Uh, that's not what it's saying. Um, the Bible is saying when you swear, you make sure that it is what it is, that it is true, it's sincere. You know that that if you're given your word, then that's what it's going to be. You know, uh, if any of y'all have been in you know, courts. You know, they ask you, put your hand on, you know, hand on the Bible and, and swear to God. You know, tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. You know, that is, is kind of what this is. Uh, it's saying, you know, I don't want you making empty promises. I don't want you making empty oaths uh, or worthless promises. I want you to carry yourself in integrity. And when you're asked to make an oath, you know, or to make a promise, you know, you fulfill that, and you do it wholeheartedly. So, um, I was supposed to go, what, 30 minutes? You did. <laughs> I time myself. <clears throat> you know, uh, going through looking at the false promises and false oaths, uh, I couldn't help but think of, um, you know, our politicians. You know, they make these promises on a daily basis. And we've got presidents that that's their campaign. You know, I'm going to promise you the world. I'm going to give you everything that you ever wanted. And then when they take office, nothing happens. You know, these are empty Empty words, empty oaths, empty promises, um, and, and it's it's almost become the nature of the beast. Though, you know, as as society, you know, we've really um, you know cheapened you know our promise, and you know, we've diluted it. Uh, we've made it so um, inconsequential that you know it, it's so much easier to lie now. You know, kids don't face the repercussions anymore, you know, from telling a lie. 
you know, they're almost expected to lie. You know, it's almost uh, put before them. You know, we have no integrity in school anymore, so how can our kids learn there? You know, we have no integrity in our, our court systems. We have nothing in our, our law. You know, we, we've got crooked underhanded stuff going on all around us. Now, but yet we're supposed to still follow, you know, to the letter of this 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 verse here, or even to the Bible, and you know, we're supposed to stick through this. And uh, it's real hard to to teach this, and actually expect, you know, people to take this lesson and go, you know what, I want to try for this thing. You almost have to change the way you are. You have to change the person that you are, the person that you have become. You know, you take, uh, I'm a salesman, you know. I don't fit that typical mold as far as a salesman, though. I, I, I typically try to to stay on, on the true and narrow, um, and I sell the way I want to be sold to, which I lose some sales because of that, because I won't lie to them. Um, I, I think for me, I have to maintain that integrity, though. You know, for my job and for me to, to be in my position, uh, I had to because I didn't want to fit that mold. I had, you know, I had to kind of break myself away from that. And at one point, I even almost lost my job because I was unwilling to to fulfill that. Um, you know, luckily, I had some sales come in and and kind of. You know, it was a, it blessed me and was able to, to get them off my back. <laughs> but, you know, every day we're, we're put in situations where we have the choice to to be the better person, to, to be the person that, that God and Jesus Christ expect us to be, or we have the person that fits within society and, you know, we can do like everybody else. As a Christian, you know, we've already got bullseyes on us. You know, we're already supposed to separate ourselves. You know, that's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. Um, most of the guys in here I know, so I, I know the integrity of most of them. I wouldn't say that any of them are, are dishonest. But, you know, I, I don't know what, what's happened in y'all's lives before. Uh, but I would definitely challenge each one of you to to step it up, and, and you know even those little white lies, or even the um, the lies that that you might tell your wife to to protect her feelings. Um, I would actually you know suggest to you to to avoid that and to be honest with her, and you can blame me for that. So. That's what I got. Okay. Anybody have any input or questions? I have a question. And first off, this is a really good message about, about honesty and lying and stuff. What do you think, how do you think that relates to fear? I think when you're afraid, I think that it's so much easier sometimes uh, to, to lie. You know, um, when you're afraid, you know there's uh, there's a lot of things that happen. You know, you're you automatically you're thinking of 
okay, if I tell the truth, this is what's going to happen, and you're automatically focused on that. You know, I'm going to get in so much trouble. It's going to be the end of the world. You know, oh, I just can't do this. And so if I lie, then I don't have to deal with any of that. And so I think that's so much easier to, to do. Uh, I think for our problem is is we've, we've focused on, if I tell the truth, this is what's going to happen, but we do not ever focus on, if I lie, how much worse is this going to be? Yeah. You know, if I compound this and I make it worse and and I stay, you know, to this this path, um, I think you know it's a lot it's a lot easier. Uh, I think that's the reason kids do it. You know, I think as as adults, I think that's the reason we do it. It's so much easier. You know, we don't ever think of the repercussions until afterwards, and then we look back and go, you know. I should have done that differently, um, but at that time, man, that's not that's not within our mindset. Uh, I think it's a, a process of reprogramming, you know, the way we start looking at things. Um, one of the things, Raymond, that, that I think as guys that we face, and, and and I think this has become more and more of a challenge for every one of us, and you're describing, you know, that you're a salesperson, but you also are a dad, and you're involved in the youth ministry here, and <coughs> all of us, you know, here's James running into this room after hauling hay, and a lot of us wear a lot of different hats, and, and I read <coughs> this verse that says, let your yes be yes and your no, no. And I know what that means, but I think the challenge for us is um, that we tend to overcommit. And so we make commitments with the full intention of keeping that commitment, and then something that's out of our control comes up, and we have to pay attention to that. So do you have, do you have any, <laughs> any insight on that? Any guidance? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm probably the world's worst at this because uh, this is what happens to me. You know, I, I'm... I always have a lot of stuff going, and and a chance to slow down never seems to happen. Uh, but Pastor Allen, you're more than welcome to correct me if I am wrong in this. Uh, the way I feel is is when I read this, when you say that you're going to do it, at that point you are sincere, you know, and, and and you're being honest to them, you're honest to yourself, and you're saying yes, I'm going to do this, I'm going to help you, I'll be there. Uh, unforeseen. You know, circumstances, you know, do change things. And I don't think that has anything to do with us. That doesn't have any, you know, ill bearing on, on that promise that we made as far as, as integrity. Um, you know, if I think that's where the difference is. If, if you're if you're committed to this and you in your heart is set that I am going to go this route, you know, that's what I'm going to do and I'm fully intended to do that, and something else comes along that detours you, um, you're not doing it as you know as false. It's not it's not false words. So yeah, I think it's good to communicate with the person. Definitely, yeah, you want and let them know uh, because you made a promise and you deal with this with your kids, man. They're constantly asking for stuff, and then Dad, you broke a promise, and oh, yeah. Uh, I think the not swearing and using heaven and earth to do it is balanced. There's a balance to it when the other verse that tells us, 
Everything we say we're going to do, we need to say the Lord willing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. God's help. That's what I hope to do. If I can throw two cents in there, too. Yes. This is something, even like with my career, it's incredibly hectic. Yeah. And right now, and I didn't foresee it, but then probably the next three or four months, I'm going to be required to work uh, um, two weekends out of four weekends every mm-hmm. month. And so I had already aligned the things I was going to do, but now I've got to be like, I'm sorry. But what I do is I ask for the Lord's help in actually fulfilling these things. Mm-hmm. That's the Holy Spirit is our helper. Sometimes those things fall together in a certain time and a certain way where, man, it is not me. <laughs> yeah. Just going through personally and trying to make things up and being as honest and frank with people as I can. I'm sorry, I wanted to get that done. I'm still working on it, still working on the way. Yeah, there's the nature of, of our economy of making promises to get the job. And uh, software often does this. So you get the new product and it's full of bugs. <laughs> but they, they fix them, wow. you know, and it's doing it. And so understanding that. But I think what happens is a culture creeps in, and, and I mean, that's the way the business world often works. The culture creeps into us, and we think that, well, we can do the same thing. And uh, that's the nature of developing software. There's problems and Deadline sometimes get you you made too big of a promise the company has and and because it's a corporate type setting people are selling stuff that aren't in touch with the making of it and so it's a deal but in our, in our own personal life we need to do our best to fulfill our word and so my two cents to this is if you're able to fulfill it before you said you would go for it because if you wait until you said you would something may come up and that's that's the way to pay your bills is if if you got the money before it's due, Proverbs says, why hold on to it? Go and go and pay the person. Because if you don't, you could get robbed or something could happen or you could be lured in by some fast-talking salesman. <laughs> then you won't have the money to pay. You know, then I'm, I'm talking about fast-talking salesman. No. <laughs> well, and then you won't stuff. have the money to pay your, pay your bills. So... Uh, no, and actually, you know, talking about this, uh, a situation that happened this past summer, uh, I was actually scheduled to go with the kids to youth camp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at full intention, you know, I'm, I've, I've made um, most of the trips with them. And uh, in February of last year, uh, my uh, mother-in-law passed away. And it was very unforeseen. Uh, we had, you know, this was... No health related to anything. You know, we had nothing to, to even indicate this was going to happen, and so we had to go to New Mexico, and we spent uh, quite a bit of time out there. And I actually used up all my vacation time. You know, uh, and that's one of those circumstances. You know, definitely, I, I'd committed because I didn't have anything that says otherwise. And so, come time to, uh, we start getting closer to the trip, and. You know, Miss Yvette, uh you know, wants to confirm, hey, you're still able to do this. And no, I wasn't able to. Uh, you know, I didn't have the financial, you know, uh, ability to, to take another week off with, with no paycheck. Uh, I wasn't in that position. And so um, so I actually, you know, broke my word. Uh, and, you know, as y'all were talking about, that was the first thing that came up to me was, you know, that was one of those situations Um I'll try to make good by that, you know. You know, afterwards, you know, now it was a lesson learned, but um, you know, it wasn't me being a lesser person. You know, it wasn't anything that I 
intended to do, um, but it, that's the way it just came out. Yeah, that's balance. That's balance. I think, you know, kind of playing off what you had said, unforeseen detours come in. It's not necessarily that you're being malicious and breaking your word. Right. You know, I mean, it, I don't, as you had stated earlier, it's not, you know, destroying your integrity by any means. You know, and as Pastor Allen said, as long as you're vocal about it, you call and let whoever know whatever promise you have made that, hey, this situation came up, I obviously won't be able to do it. You know, they may either be upset or be completely understandable and go, okay, I, that's fine. I think in a sense the negative aspect of it is if, for example, if I had told you, yes, say, I'm going to come help you mow your yard. But then that day comes and I get up in the morning and I'm like, hey, I don't, I'm just not really feeling like it. You know, I'm breaking my word with you and saying, hey, you know, I'm, just, I'm not up to it. I'm going to lie and tell you, hey, you know, the car won't start. No, so, <laughs> so I think that's where it kind of plays into where that will destroy my integrity. Well, and, and, uh, and I think like Pastor Allen was saying is, is you communicate that, though, to that person, and you tell them, hey, this is what's happened. You know, this is what's going on. Um, you know, I didn't expect this. And, and I think for most people, uh, I think all of us have been in situations where something like this has happened. So, it's understandable, you know, that they look at it and go, hey, it's okay, you know, I understand what happened, uh, so, you know, don't sweat it. Uh, and and I think that's probably the biggest, uh, when you are, you know, open with them and you are honest with them, uh, I think that's the general response is, hey, I understand, you know, don't let it, don't let it get to you, you know, don't let it affect you, because uh, most people are, you know, trying to be uh, nice people, you know, it does kind of bother them because they feel, Torn, you know, that they're obligated to a couple things, or, or you know, now which one do I choose? Because now I'm put in a situation where, um, you know, if I if I got to make a choice, which one do I have to? Which is the one that I definitely have to do that I cannot get out of, and and you start getting into a situation where, um, I know for me, uh, I, I definitely feel like. You know, I, I should have known, I should have been able to, to do this. You know, I, I feel like I could have done it, should have had a way to make it work. Uh, and I start questioning me as a man, you know, hey, you know, you, you should have found a way. Right. You know, so, and sometimes I have to be reassured that you give it all. You know, you you did what you had to, you, you followed your heart or you went with whatever you had to do. You had no other choice, you know, to, to full, fulfill this other, you know, event that happened. Um, so, you know, but I, I, I agree with, you know, what Pastor Allen said. Sometimes we make, you know, players by that we can do something and we get above ourselves, you know, of what we can actually accomplish. Because unfortunately, I'm in the same situation you are. I only get one week in a month home. Mm. And so, you know, in between racing and drill, it's like, I really have no free time, so I try yeah. to stray away from making any promises to anybody if I'm unable to fulfill them. But uh, unfortunately, sometimes it's, you, know, you want to help somebody out. You want to go, hey, man, yeah, I will help you move. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, got a race. So it's like, you know, you're caught in between two different things. You know, you're caught in between two different worlds and saying, yeah, obviously I have to go fulfill my job. I have to go support my family. But I've already made this commitment to my friend to say to help him move. You know, you're kind of torn between because you don't want to break your integrity with your work and you don't uh, want to break your integrity with your friend either. Uh, when I worked in power lines, 
you kind of fly by the seat of your pants. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, we actually, uh, on a Friday afternoon, uh, drove back to the yard, locked up the trucks, got out, just got into you know my personal vehicle, and my foreman comes running over there and he's throwing his hands up, and he's like, uh, "We got to go back to work." It's like, really, you know, a capacitor bank had went down, uh, took two poles with it, and so, um, you know, we go out there, we got a big mess to clean up, we got lines down, we've got um, a big, you know, uh, truck coming out there, and, you know, we're waiting for, uh, uh, what's the, a crane to come out there so they can pick up the capacitors and then bring in some new capacitors. And we ended up working overnight, and uh, I don't remember if it was my anniversary uh, or oh, <laughs> it was actually it was a big deal. It was a we were going to go out. I had I had made plans to go out with my wife, uh, and, and I don't necessarily remember the, uh, the exact you know stipulation I went with it, but uh, but yeah, that was a phone call that I dreaded. Uh, you know, hey babe, I'm sorry uh, we got called out, and. You know, uh, she was not happy in any form or fashion, but I had no choice. You know, this was my job, and, you know, at that time, this was our only form of income. I had no choice. You know, I could say, hey, you know what, babe, I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to spend some money on you tonight, but, uh, you know, next week we're going to have to kind of do with that because I lost my job. Yeah, those are your choices. Uh, yeah, and, and luckily, you know, she is she's an understandable woman uh, most of the time. And, you know, so she understood what was going on. But, you know, uh, I, we got called out on a, on a storm in, in Chillicothe, and I had to run up there, and I spent three weeks up there and lived out of a duffel bag, you know, um, because it just happened. So, you know, one of the things is, is, is I really like the message. And there are times when your integrity and your word is not at risk, but you're there and somebody else has given you their promise and their word and they don't communicate with you and you're left hanging expecting something because that's required before you can go and then oh, yeah. they just completely disappear or don't get it done or fail and they don't call or communicate to and then you have to go and deal with who you were supposed to take care of stuff with. And, you know, it's, it's not about placing the blame, but the fact is, is what was supposed to occur hasn't occurred, and we can't do this until that does. And I want you to be aware that there's going to be a delay. Right. Whether it's, it's uncomfortable or good or bad or whatever, it doesn't matter. Handling your promise has nothing to do with whether the other people handle theirs or not. Because it's, it's, it's very much like Christ in, in Matthew 27, verse 64. And he said, you know, look, you see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power <clears throat> and um, and coming in the, in the cloud in the heavens. And the priest yelled and rent their clothing because they accused him of blasphemy. He was making a promise. I'm going. I will be at the right hand of power. I will come back in the clouds. That's a promise. Christ didn't shy away from making promises. He just mm. fulfilled the ones that he made. And, and, you know, and I, asked that we do the same. And 
we have no control over other people getting theirs. It's great and wonderful when they do, but to sometimes you have to create the structure for other people to keep their promises to you so that you can go and, you know, I, I remember one time I was dealing with an insurance company, and I, I would ask questions. I said, I'd ask them, can you get this done? I'd say, yeah, I wouldn't get that done. I said, okay, by when? Because i got to go back and tell the policyholder, yeah, your coverage is in force, exactly what you thought, or whatever. And it, I've done it two or three times, and all of a sudden I get this phone call from the president of the insurance company going, you're putting way too much pressure on these people. Said, what do you mean? They said, well, you're putting pressure on them. I'm getting complaints from departments, and, and yeah, your sales are great, but... But we just can't deal with the pressure. And I said, what kind of pressure are you talking about? They said, well, you're asking them by when they're going to get their job done. <laughs> and I said, well, they would be the only one that would know. Right. I, I said, it's not that I told them you have to have this done by tomorrow. I said, they have a work, they have work, they, they have scheduled, they got to get done. I said, by when will you get it done? Tell me. Whatever date that you tell me, that's what I'm going to expect. You pick it. But that's what I expect. And he said, that's just way too much pressure. You can't do that. It's like, yeah, I can, and they get to pick, you know. It's like you come and tell us, look, look if you produce X amount, we're gonna, you're going to qualify for a free trip, but we don't ask you, well, you know, what's the, what's the start and end date? Where's the start and finish line, you know? And once you, once you say, well, here it is, you're expected to keep that, and, and other people are too, or they don't get to go. And it's, uh, so it, it's, it's that, and it, and it takes, like Pastor Allen said, it takes communication, clear communication, yeah. to maintain it sometimes. And it's hard, because I've been in sales for 35 years, and there's some days it's, it's just not easy. <laughs> no, no. And other days it's, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were talking about Jesus, um, and there was a lot of times where he did say something that, that he knew was going to take place. That, you know, he... he Knew that this was what was going to happen, and his word was doubted. Mm-hmm. And you know, it really makes you wonder. You know, he's being completely honest. You know, he's telling them this is what's going to happen. You know, I'm going to be betrayed, and they're like, uh, uh-uh, no, no. You know, uh, and I, hey, I wouldn't deny you. Yeah, he will. You're going to do, uh, deny me before the crow. You know, there's parts of it where they did not, you know, believe what he said. Um, and, and I think that's part of where it, when it starts getting rocky, you know, is, is sometimes, you know, is it going to be easier if I if I don't tell them the truth, you know, if, if, if I if I if I withhold that information, you know, uh, and I, I don't necessarily tell them everything, you know, that's eh, you know, it's still it's still uh, it's still lying. You're to, you're. So there's honesty and dishonesty. Can there be half honesty? No, it's it's all or nothing, and that's that's like, the thing. Like omission or commission. Well, you know, if you're withholding information, I think you're you're being dishonest. Uh, no matter what, you know, uh, if um, you know something comes up and you withhold just a little bit of that, you know, you're not being completely honest. And I think that's the, the overall message here. Um, you know, it's all or nothing. So you well, got to. the word, and as far as pertaining to your transparency, uh, Bible says all of sin, and 
Wouldn't it be great if we lived in a perfect world? Anything wrong, but <laughs> you know, we have to realize that we stand forgiven. Amen. Amen. I heard a preacher say that one time, and he said that he grew up in the church and he ran around with the guys and they did all these things, and then he became an associate minister. He said it bothered him because they saw him and he, and he wondered what they would think of him because they all knew his past. And he said, but I had to come to the realization that I stood forgiven. We, we stand forgiven mm-hmm. of our sins and honesty and the things we've done. And so I think that I appreciate your, your transparency. And we, I'm sure we all have stories to tell, but, you know, we're, we're forgiven. I, you know, I, have to, I have to remind myself daily. Um, and I think it's even harder for me sometimes because not growing up that way, not knowing that I was forgiven. Um, you know, now I'm looking back and, and and thinking, you know, at times there's no way he would forgive me uh, because you know that was pretty bad. Uh, uh, you, still have, you can grow up in the church and still not know you're well, forgiven. <laughs> 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 you're not, you know you're not forgiven, you think. Uh, <laughs> Just, uh, so did your feet really catch on fire when you walked in the church the first time? No, no, actually. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, and it's a funny story. Uh, my kids uh, and my wife were constantly picking at me to, to go with them. You know, uh, you're going to love the church. It's great people. Come on. And I finally tell them, you know what, one time and just leave me alone. And after that, I don't care. I'm going to sit here and watch my football. Just leave me be. Sundays I'm sleeping late. I don't even, you know, I'll go hunting, whatever. I'll talk to God there. You know, we'll work it out somewhere or another. And uh, I came on a Wednesday night. I met Greg and, and his wife. Sat at our table. And James, yeah. And, and sat at their table. You said and, you weren't going to take your head off. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, uh, but I, it was you know I come in there and I was dirty and and Greg always dresses really nice and so it was really funny because he's actually a hugging kind of guy and you know, <laughs> but I was so afraid because I you know here I am I'm dirty and you know, I got creosote on me and you know and he never it never really mattered to him and, you know James is a great guy and, and his wife and they really just kind of took me in and. And I felt at home, and that was the one of the things that that sat with me, even now. Uh, you know, that much you know, later, when I walk in this church, you know, I still feel this is where I belong. This is this is my home. This is my kids' home. You know, it's my wife's home. Um, you know, and so we've we've really kind of put back into this, uh, just you know, having that that kind of uh, that warmth. You know, and I think I don't know if I would have felt that somewhere else. Yeah, I can't say that I I, I would have. Uh, I think don't know. No, and I don't, uh, and that's the thing. But I, I am glad that I did find it, you know, because uh, the days that I do struggle, you know, with with being honest or, or even being forgiven, uh, you know, I thank God that that He still sees something in me that that's worth saving, and so uh, you know I keep fighting. You know, it's a it's a daily ritual for me now. Uh, I used to not pray at all. You know, it's just I don't have time for it. My commute to work is is prayer. Amen. Uh, you know, I make a point. Uh, I pray for my kids. I pray for for my wife. I pray for our family. I pray for 
you know, our welfare and, and you know, well-being and, and any attacks from the enemy. And and I make sure that I try, you know, to, to incorporate it as much as possible. And, you know, for me, I'm still a baby Christian. Um, you know, I grow every day. And I, and I fall back sometimes, you know. Uh, and and luckily, you know, God does, does forgive, you know. And he, you know, holds me as tight as he ever did. So, um, you know, it's it's been good for me. Um, I don't know where I'd be right now. Lost. I'm sure. You know, uh, You'd be lost. You know, there are I'm, a lot of them are that aren't saved. Well, and, and I'm glad my kids are, are you know, somewhere I wasn't. Uh, that's the one thing that I, I'm probably more proud of than anything is that I've given them an opportunity to be better than I ever could have. So. Well, thank you, Raymond. Let's see if we have any callers with some comments for you or questions. Hey, guys, any comments or questions? Hey, yeah, Raymond, this is JP. Uh, Man, that was great. Thank you for uh, being so open and sharing. Uh, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And uh, man, you just uh, opened up and shared, and I really, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so very much. Thank you, JP. Yeah, 